Welcome to Space to Thrive, a podcast that explores the far-reaching impact of design and how it shapes our experiences. I'm Joe Gonzalez. I'm Michael Lovers. And I'm Andrew Cottrell. Together, we lead the design studios at Gafari, an architecture, engineering, and consulting firm with offices and projects around the globe. As designers, we're storytellers, we're curious, we're often opinionated, and we're eager to create memorable experiences through our designs. In each episode of this podcast, we'll chat with fellow designers and architects, as well as engineers, market leaders, and owners. We'll talk about the transformative power of design and how it influences the ways we live, work, and play. Hello, and welcome back to Space to Thrive. I'm Joe Gonzalez, Global Director of Design for Gafari. I'm happy to be joined by my colleagues and co-host, Andrew Cottrell and Michael Lovers. Gentlemen, good morning. How are we doing? Morning, Joe. We're doing excellent. Excellent. Wow. Hey there, Joe. Never better. Never better and excellent. This is, uh, is going to be one, one heck of a podcast. <laughs> 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 can't get any better than that so uh okay so today we are pleased to be joined by uh, a special guest miori keitlinger miori is gafari's senior lighting designer she is based uh, in um, our chicago office and as such uh, miori is very involved with our projects uh, both here in the u.s and around the globe welcome miori thank you thanks for having me on the podcast today Listen, I know that uh, from, from working together with you and doing a lot of chatting in Spanish that uh, you were born in Peru. Did I, is that right? Yep, that's right. I was born and raised in Peru until it was time to go to college, and then I came to the U.S. Okay, in, in, uh, in Lima, right? Yep, that's right, in Lima. Okay. As an architect and designer, we, um, we're all well aware that uh, there is no space without light. So what is it that got you interested in, uh, in lighting design? Well, actually, originally I was interested in going into architecture, but I missed the deadline for the application at Penn State. So I thought, okay, well, architectural engineering sounds pretty close to that. So I applied and then I got in. And then when it was time to choose my specialty, I thought lighting had the most design focus. So I decided to pursue that. Um, I've always loved math and art, and lighting design really merges both. It has a technical and design aspect, so I really enjoy it, and I'm glad I went into it. Good. So you, you think you made the right choice? Yep, definitely. That's, uh, that's important. Uh, so listen, <laughs> in addition to the, the artistic and the technical side, I know that you're also a very dedicated advocate, right, for the lighting profession in general. I think you've been uh, past president of the Illuminating Engineering Society. Maybe you can help our audience understand a little bit of that. Uh, you know, what is IES? Yep, the IES is one of the main professional organizations that educates people on lighting-related topics. But just to clarify, I was the president of the Chicago section and not the entire organization. Um, I joined the Chicago board about 14 years ago and was recruited to fill a vacant chair position. And then I enjoyed it so much that I stayed. I've served in many positions over the years, both on the local and regional level. And now I'm currently on the Aviation Lighting Committee. It's 
been a really great experience. I love planning events, both social and educational, and I've really enjoyed getting to know the lighting community better. Yuri, that's great. I, you know, I, I have been um, approached by several people, both in the Chicago community, my colleagues over the past couple of years, and you and I have worked uh, together now on a pretty large project. And everyone just raves about the ability to work with you and how engaging and how collaborative you are. Um, I, I, I actually <laughs> so think nice. it, it, it's magic and it's, it's always wonderful to know that I can just pick up the phone and call you at any time and we talk about lighting design. Um, I'd, I'd love for you to shed some light on what your lighting design process is and give our listeners a, a little bit of a frame of reference of how you work. Well, I think there's many considerations that go into lighting design. It's not just selecting luminaires and plopping them into a building. So when I start a new project, we have to consider many other things like daylight, budget, energy code, the occupant's age, what tasks are being performed, etc. But just as important, it's what mood you want to create and what experience you want occupants to have. And I want to jump in and say I love this topic today on, on lighting design. Um, I think if there's one thing that enhances design over anything else that we do when we design a building, it is lighting, be it natural or artificial. I mean, it can really change a user's experience of that space and really enhance it. I mean, when you look at a project, how do you think about creating moods and experiences with lighting? Well, I think lighting is a very powerful way to influence people's perceptions of the space and also even their emotions, which really sometimes gets overlooked. Um, lighting works in tandem with architecture. It directs people's attentions to what's interesting or important in the space. So there might be a really unique material or a special sculpture that you want to highlight. We can accentuate those things by making them more dramatic and drawing the eye to them using just lighting. I think lighting is really similar to artwork. It's more impactful when we have an emotional connection to it. So with lighting, we help provide those strong emotional connections by bringing your attention to certain aspects of the space. Mm -hmm. For example, Andrew, picture yourself at a high-end restaurant with your significant other celebrating your anniversary. What do you want to feel? Maybe an atmosphere of intimacy and warmth? Um, so to create that, we would use warmer color temperatures, maybe also lower ambient levels, similar to what a candlelight provides. And then using lighting, we will accentuate interesting textures or objects at the perimeter of the room. And that really allows you to feel more private and comfortable because you don't feel like you're the center of attention. Instead, we focus the light on food and the surroundings. What do they say? I mean, we eat with our eyes. So yep. I mean, everything. So Andrew, was that high-end restaurant in a log cabin? Just a plug to one of our <laughs> <laughs> previous episodes. Just in my head, that's what I visualized you in. So. I do that every night, me and my yes, wife, we have the candlelit dinner. <laughs> the high-end Cottrell <laughs> log cabin restaurant. Nice. Andrew, I think you're, uh, you're on the hook to take your wife out to a, uh, a very high-end restaurant uh, very yes. soon. So yeah. uh, 
and you have you i think you could just pass the bill on to miori and uh, all will be good well i might have to come to chicago to do that though okay no problem mm. miori we you and i collaborated on a number of projects one of them were the american airlines lounges at o'hare which as i remember won an ies uh, lighting award and that, that was a very challenging project and and then maybe you want to talk a little bit about um, how you approached it and maybe specifically some of the challenges that you that you faced and and we're excited about the opportunities. Yep, it was really exciting. Um, it was a really fun project to work on. It had three levels. The entrance was on the first floor. The entrance was bright, it was inviting, and we had signature lozenge-shaped pendants to mimic the shape of the American Airlines logo. And then in the second floor flagship lounge, it's geared towards first-class passengers. So the mood or the ambiance is very different from the Admirals Club on the third floor. It's a lot more moody. We created more contrast using darker and warmer finishes in the materials. And that also includes decorative light fixtures. The third floor, which is the Admirals Club, it's brighter and more evenly illuminated. It has more daylight and also feels more open and airy. And that's really important because it gets a lot more crowded than the flagship lounge. There's also common elements with these three levels. Like, for example, we have a lot of indirect lighting, and that provides softer feeling and contrast with the hardness of the airport. We grazed a lot of textured walls, and that provides light at the eye level, so it feels a lot brighter. And then we have table lamps in the seating area, and that provides a more cozy atmosphere. And then in the quiet areas, there's really no overhead lighting. So we just have dimmed sconces that people can turn on or off based on their comfort level. And if they want to get some rest and relax on the chase lounges. All these separate elements help set the mood. So Miori, you used a, a magic favorite word of mine, daylight. Um, healthy, healthy daylight, which is good for all of us. Um, I had mentioned earlier that, that you're so wonderfully collaborative in my experience with you and working on North Point's uh, headquarters operations center. Um, being a big box, a former big box with very little natural light, uh, high bay, dark space with, you know, a space that we're going to insert hundreds of people. Um, the space is uh, Michigan themed and a lot of what Michigan is all about is the outdoors. So the challenge is really how do we harness that daylight and not just daylight, views as well. So you got that, you understood it. So from your perspective, talk a little more about your experience with the importance of harnessing daylight and views, uh, maybe specifically for workplace users or any users, for example. Yeah, Mike, as you mentioned, there's a ton of daylight in the building and we wanted to make the most of it. We tried to keep all the fixtures minimal and integrated into the architecture. And that really allows all the daylight to come in and all the decorative pendants, which usually tend to be hung lower, were located closer to the core of the building so they don't block any views. And then controls played a major role as well. We use daylight sensors, so the lights could be dimmed gradually when there was enough daylight. And 
the controls allow us to set scenes that can shift during the day as it gets brighter or darker. Nice. So I don't want to give Miori all the credit. Our team did bust out a lot lot of exterior walls to help <laughs> with the delay <laughs> but but no she's she's referring to something really important we had a huge skylight in that space and so it was really about uh, a hacking project of how could we break the space apart to help Miori in her champion of bringing daylight into the space and integrating it into a more natural system so thanks Miori appreciate yep. that I'd like to uh, jump in here and shift gears a little bit away from some project specific and talk about a, a topic that I think um, when we look at lighting sometimes is a little bit confusing and that's decor versus like lighting to enhance architecture and how like maybe timing of integration plays a part in how we look at using each one or how it's integrated. I mean, similar to the discussion we had in episode two about mechanical and how bringing that up front and integrating it really enhances, I mean, the overall project. I mean, lighting should be integrated, from my mind, from day one into our designs, I guess, if it's decor or lighting to enhance architecture. I mean, what has your experience been, Yuri? when brought in early versus later um, in regards to decor versus integrated lighting? Well, when we are brought in early in the design process and projects, it definitely tends to be more successful. The process is smoother because we can develop details and lighting effects with the architects and or the interior designers. And we also have a lot more time to coordinate ceiling space with the mechanical engineers and the IT team. So the outcome overall is a more integrated project where lighting is just not an afterthought, but a part of the design. So Miori, I think we've talked a little bit in the past about my belief that um, kind of electrified fixtures or light fixtures or luminaires should be as invisible wherever possible. And you mentioned that on the North Point project, you, you really kept those fixtures out of the way of views. We tried to use as much indirect as we possibly could. That's kind of big in my mind, especially in hospitality. It really sets the tone for a space that feels more natural. So from daylight to indirect lighting, all of that, when, let's dive deeper into that. When is lighting appropriate decor item as Andrew kind of set the tone with that question earlier? So if we think about it, where do we typically see decorative pendants? It's usually at the entrances of spaces. And then we look at our homes. It's over dining tables or over islands. And then in offices, uh, probably over conference room tables or over, or over collaboration areas, right? So to me, decorative luminaires are best used when wanting to bring attention to an area or add some interest to it. Um, for example, in the American Airlines Lounge, we had a champagne bar and a cereal bar where we wanted to be, where we wanted people to be drawn to it and know that they could just have a drink or eat some cereal and it was available and free. So we use decorative pendants that are hung lower than we typically hang fixtures at. 
and they can be seen easily from a distance. I think it also creates a break from the view. It's not a huge expanse of empty space below the ceiling, but instead you have some decorative elements which are nice to look at. You know, Miori, I think that's a that's a great observation on your part because when you when you talk and first collaborate with the, the clients early on, like American Airlines, we know that they were looking to make a statement, right? With with the lounges yep. from the moment you get out of the elevator. So that concept of bringing forth a pendant, making a statement, something sculptural that caught your eye is something you, you know, we, we needed to work with because that was one of their objectives. That's right. I think the first few seconds, as soon as you enter a space and you make a judgment, it's the same way as when you first meet a person and you also make a judgment. So <laughs> having a nice decorative pendant, right. it adds a lot to the space. Um, all three levels in that project had very different pendants or chandeliers, but they all catch your eye and they all make the space seem more inviting and appealing. They, they really draw you in. Yeah, hmm. in my mind, that's where kind of the decor kind of fixture becomes the integrated lighting fixture. It's not this just piece that's an afterthought. It's really mm -hmm. thought through and integrated into the design. So I think it's elevated beyond just a, say, a decor fixture at that point. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, uh, I think Andrew nailed it perfectly there. I think that, you know, one of the things that we consider Gafari's strength is, is our commitment to integration. But integration doesn't always mean to conceal. One can e integrate to reveal. And what you're revealing is really a, a hierarchy. You're establishing a hierarchy. You're doing it early so that the the stuff that needs concealed is done that way. The stuff that needs to be expressed as pendants or sculpturally or also set up that way. So it's a, yep, it, it's a process that, that, we, that we go through, right, from the very beginning. Yes, that's, that's right. And that really is part of what you also do to create a mood, right? That hierarchy in lighting, what draws your attention to a specific element in the space. So, so, yeah. so beyond the hierarchy, Miori, um, what, what is what is next in lighting? Where do you where do you see this field going? Uh, what is the what is the future in your in your perspective? Wow. Well, I've seen lighting change so much in the past fifteen years. Um, LEDs, first of all, allow us to use less power, but energy codes have also gotten stricter at the same time. So. We still need to focus on providing light levels where needed, but just not over lighting spaces like we might have done maybe in the past. Um, and then controls have evolved as well. We can have a single integrated system that controls lighting, shades, microphones, TVs, and also music. And that's really what we did at the American Airlines project. It was completely integrated. And I don't think we could have done that maybe 15, 20 years ago. Right. Exactly. And then, yep. And I think a big thing that seems to be gaining ground in the lighting industry is the Internet of Things. Processors, electronics, they're all getting a lot cheaper and smaller, and they can be integrated with into pretty much anything that's electronic. And that includes light fixtures. So I think that 
pretty soon we might see all light fixtures in a building that are connected to the internet. They will be able to gather data on the building occupants and on the environment. And it has a lot of potential to make buildings more efficient and smart. But it's really also really scary <laughs> to think about that. No, I, I agree. It is scary, but we do have a lot of clients that are, are looking into that type of technology. Um, we're, we're coining it kind of a smart ceiling system where everything mm -hmm. is low voltage wired. Um, that includes like all the lights, the sensors, mm -hmm. the mechanical systems. It's all kind of tied back to the whole building management integration system. And we're now even integrating like electrochromatic glass, which tints with the day and the lighting. So it's like a fully integrated building. Oh, wow. It's some um, very cool stuff. Yeah, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's also, there's obviously a generation of people coming, the millennials and, and those that are coming before and beyond that is coming to ex expect that integration, expect that efficiency and that smartness from their environment and the lighting too, right? Right, yeah. And they're already so used to it that they can do it easily too, probably easier Correct. than any other generation. Yeah. Well, Miori, uh, you certainly have given us um, a lot to think about. We, uh, we want to thank you for uh, being here. I know that Michael and Andrew have en enjoyed this and, and working with you. Gentlemen, yes. if, uh, if there's anything Absolutely. else to say to or about Miari, now's, now's your chance. No, thank you for coming <laughs> on today and sharing your knowledge. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having I, me. This was fun. I agree. Miori, you're a pleasure to work with, and I look forward to many more projects with you. Well, Miori, with that, it looks like our time is about up. We hope uh, everyone out there has enjoyed this episode. And until next time, stay safe and may you find a space to thrive. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to Space to Thrive, wherever you listen to podcasts. Space to Thrive is a production of Gafari Associates. To learn more about Gafari, visit our website at gafari.com. That's G-H-A-F-A. RI.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at Gafari underscore associates. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thanks again for listening to Space to Thrive. Until next time.